state is a legalist. Everything he does, he does it according to a, a, a legal authority that he has. He was first given that legal authority by Adam and Eve. And because he knows God to be a God of order, he knows that God is not going to move or he doesn't have a case or he can't rail an accusation against you except he has the legal right to do so. Uh-oh. Welcome to Life 3.0, the apostolic prophetic podcast of E4TC Radio. I am your host, Apostle J.E. Bowser. Life 3.0 focuses on the awareness, development, and spiritual elevation of the believer through discovering who we are, what we have, and how to use what Christ has provided for us. You can contact us through our website at bit dot ly forward slash capital e four tc and you can catch us on facebook as well on e four tc christian radio at one spirit radio our phone number is 281-891-3715 now to our program satan wants us to be ignorant of god's plans concerning us as it is counterproductive to his agenda. One of the things he wants us to be ignorant of is how to transition divine spiritual knowledge, and what I mean by that is the downloads, the revelations, and insights which are crucial for the establishment of a sustainable holy life and manifested in the natural world. He frequently accomplished this through a device called obstacles. The greatest obstacle confronting the church isn't sin, immorality, or even demons. The greatest obstacle confronting the church today is insufficient progression of spiritual evolution. Simply put, we're just not growing. I have been impressed in my spirit to call upon five radical voices in Christendom, voices who are not contained in the box of religion, but through their relationship with Christ have been anointed to be the voices of the emerging end-time assembly. These are those called to invade Babylon, revealing the hidden things in Christ. Such a voice is my guest speaker today. She is a resident of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is a licensed and ordained minister who delivers the word of God through conference speaking and impacting the marketplace for kingdom advancement. Her ministry is called Breath of Life Ministry, And in terms of ministry, she is a skilled prayer warrior, prophetic intercessor. She is especially gifted in the application of authority and dominion reclamation and a mentor to a number of sons and daughters and aspires for her life to be an example to young men and women everywhere. Presently, she is pursuing her Ph.D. in public policy while also taking courses for motivational speaking and business coaching certifications. She is married, has two sons, is a businesswoman of various enterprises, including healthcare, oil and gas, 
real estate, and insurance. Our topic of discussion is the authority of the believer. Our guest tonight is Prophetess Eleanor Collins. Prophetess, welcome to Life 3.0. Thank you. We are going to talk about the authority of the believer. I'm going to start with a, a small scripture, and I'm going to turn it over to you, woman of God, and let us hear what the Spirit is saying through you. In the book of Habakkuk 3.19, and I'm coming from the Amplified Bible, it says this, The Lord is my strength, my source of courage, and my invisible army. He has made my feet steady and sure like hinds feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. Prophetess Collins, God wants us to walk on mountaintops, but we're not doing it. What's going on, woman of God? Well, I want to tell you what's interesting is that you would use the word mountain because that is one of the things we don't understand is that we have mountains. Mountains are governmental realms. And for you to say that word is perfect. Mountains are where we legislate our authority and our power in the earth realm. We legislate from mountains and we make decrees and declarations in the earth realm as to what we desire and what God is saying to us at this time. This, this is how we take that authority and dominion in this place. This is a teaching I did recently. I did a teaching on the courts of, of heaven. And uh, I learned a lot a as an individual, but we're, we're gonna, I'm going to start because there are legislative authority and there's personal authority. And, because he knows and I'm going to start with legislative authority. Because he knows that God is not one that we move or he doesn't have information or about. He can't really rail an accusation against you except he has I'm the legal right to do so. So let's get into this legislative authority, and then I'm going to talk about the different courts because there are six courts. And once I talk about the courts, you're going to understand what your role is in those courts. And as you understand what the scriptures I give you for each court, you're going to understand what your authority is, and you'll stop praying from your mind and from your earthly position, and you'll start praying from your mountain in your heavenly position. What happens in, in the, the authoritative realm where you're on your mountaintop? It's a governmental realm where you can release legislation, you can cancel contracts, and you can make decrees and declarations. Well, in that position, you have, an, you have to have an understanding of who you are. Until you understand who you are, you won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You will understand that Jesus Christ died and risen from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father is the gospel. That is who he is. That, hmm. that is what he did. And once you understand that and your role in that, you understand the authority is already in position. All Amen. you're doing is stepping into your rightful place in that, in that authority. So let's go to um, Zechariah, the first chapter first. And the reason I want to go there first, because I want you to understand who you are in this place. We're wanting positions and authority that we're not equipped to handle. And we are quickly taking on titles that we don't have the authority for. But it's Zechariah, the third chapter, and it says, And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. 
and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. You see, Satan is always standing there to resist you at whatever you do. And because you don't really know your authority, you allow him to get the upper hand. That's why God tells you to resist the devil and he will flee. That's why he tells you to be mindful of the wiles of the, of the devil. That's why, that's why he tells you that he's giving you power to tread over him. So we're going to get in depth in that in a few. But I'm going to finish with this. It says, in the, in, in the second verse, says, And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuked thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I am caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with charge with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair metre upon his head. So they set a fair metre upon his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my way, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts. And I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. In other words, if you stay in the word, According to the will and the word of God, if you stay positioned and focused and, and with the narrow and the straight, then God would give you the authority to withstand Satan. You only are going to get that authority when you really give your complete self to him. Your will is placed on the altar. Your will is. Because God is not going to go against your will. So when you lay your will down and you yield yourself, completely yield it to God. That is the reason why you see some people have more authority than others. It's the yielding. It's the complete surrender. You, you, when you completely surrender, then God can use you in the wisdom and the understanding. We're going to go on, and I'm going to talk about the sixth court. I want to give you all six courts. These six courts are the court of reconciliation. It's the court of petition. It's the throne of grace, the court of Mount Zion, the court of the accuser, and the court of the ancient date. The court of the petition is telling you, I'm going to give you a scripture with that one. It's only telling you not to be anxious. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. This court of petition, you can petition God to change your situation, but you can't be anxious. You have to trust that God is God. You have to trust him. He says, trust in the Lord. He said, in all your ways. See, he will direct your path. If you trust him, then you have the throne of grace. The throne of grace the scripture, oh, the court of petition scripture is Philippians 4 and 6. The throne of grace scripture is Hebrews 4 and 16. It said, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, which is boldness, so that we may receive mercy 
and find grace to help us in our time of need. When you understand that you humbly become, come before the throne, but you come with a boldness that you know God can do it. No one else can. You know God can do it. You know that God has the authority above all things, people, places. God is the most high God. He is the only one that can handle it. When you get yourself in that position, then there is the court of Mount Zion. The court of Mount Zion is Hebrews 12, 22 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. The next one is the court of reconciliation, and this one is 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Then you have the court of the accuser. This is Revelation 12 and 10. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurtled down. And the last one, court of the ancient days. This is Daniel 7, 9 through 10. As I look, thrones were set in place, and the ancient of days looked, took his seat. The court was seated, and the books were opened. This court of the ancient of days is more of your end time court. It's the court of the tribulation. It's the court of those last days. It's the court where the seven churches will be judged. That's that court. This is all to give you a foundation. As we move into these courts, we know that the court system is set up with there's a judge. The judge is God because God is a righteous judge. Jesus is your chief intercessor. He's also your public defender, your high-priced defense attorney. He is your advocate. Then you have an accuser. The accuser is Satan. He can be the prosecutor. He can be the state. He can be an individual that's accusing you. Then you have your seven spirits of God. They are your witnesses in the courtroom. That is the spirit of wisdom, counsel, knowledge, fear, understanding, spirit of the Lord, and might. This is your court. Place yourself there right now. Think about your role. You're standing. You have the advantage because it's your father who is the righteous judge. Satan is an accuser. He's a legalist. So he has to legally prove that you're guilty. He makes a railing accusation. But because God is a righteous judge, God will righteously judge the situation. And in all things, God always does everything in love. That's the difference between God and man. I am... Sitting here thinking, what, what a great didactic teaching this is. Every category that you uh, just described can be individually taught, um, and it has to be taught to the body of Christ. So few of us even have a awareness 
of the different courts that we have access to and how that impacts us in terms of uh, legislative authority, how we can move from in the, in the natural world through a spiritual impact. It, it's tremendous. Most of us do not realize how we can petition God in the right context, in the right courtroom, and be able to motivate spiritually so it manifests on the face of the earth. And this is very, very strategic. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be on the offensive and not on the defensive all the time. We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't be fighting. We've, it's already been resolved. It was resolved at Calvary. And because God is a just God and righteous, and he sits on the throne where he rules, the rules are based on his righteousness and his justice. We use the courts to remove the enemy's authority. That's what we use the court system for. It removes the enemy's authority. The court system gives us the legal authority to cancel contracts, um, to cancel or to annul an accusation that has been made. A lot of times we're dealing with things for years and years and years, and we don't understand why it has not ended. I got so frustrated, and I, I started to, to really pray and seek God and sit in his face, and when he started to reveal to me what the courts of heaven is, that is my place. I'm no longer in the earth realm. When he showed me my mountain, that I can stand in my, on my mountaintop and I can legislate things and I can decree and declare things and I can say things into the earth realm and they have to come up. They have to manifest. I, I didn't understand that authority until I really started to pray and seek his faith and understand it. You're going to have to look at heaven's court system as a whole, though. You know, you have the court of the Lord. This is the eternal purpose of God. Then you got the court of judges. This is where kingdom government transpires. You, got, you have high judicial decrees in, in the court of judges. All of this, the, the court of judgment and the court of the 70, you know, the 70 are the, are the, first, the first set that Jesus sent out before he ascended. He sent them out two by two, and it was 70 in all. That's the significance of the 70. There's a court of the 70. They're like the galactic council that's in the heavens, and they legislate for the nation because they were sent out to populate the world, the nation. They were the ones that first went out based on his, his initial sending. He sent the, the uh, 70 out. These are all arms of the court of council. The, the next set of arms is the court of kings. These are where the sons who, who have their mountains. I'm one of those. You have a mountain. You make legislative decrees. This is the court of kings. And, and you have to understand what kingship is at that point. You understand the authoritative level of, of who you are and what you say out of your mouth. And you have an ear to hear. You have to lend your ear for keenness to hear in the realm of the spirit. Your eyes have to be keen. And I've always said this, seers, all seers are prophets, but not all prophets are seers. God gives that gift because he can trust you with what you see. You won't immediately run and talk about it. Sometimes you're going to see things that God doesn't want you to talk about. This is about trust. The, the, the ability to move about in the spirit realm in the higher dimensions and deeper depths of his glory and other realms is trust. 
Can he trust you to do it? Can he trust you not to be lazy? Can he trust you to, to have that trust factor where you're going to hold the information and keep it close and, and be able to function with this much information, knowing that you can get into a conversation, you know, with a person in the flesh and not move into a spiritual realm because it will be an unfair fight. Sometimes a lot of people think I walk away from things because I'm immature. Sometimes they think I walk away because I don't want to deal with it, but I know that the battle would be unfair. You see, if you're still fighting from the earth realm, and I know that I'm fighting from a different place, it will be unfair to you. And, and God is not a God that, that believes in injustice. He's a just God. So it will be immature for me to get, engage someone that's on a level that I've graduated from. If I'm going to fight with imps on a bottom level, I have no authority in the mountain. You see, if I'm going to be in the mountain, I can't be on, in the earth realm fighting an imp and trying to fight principalities. You have to choose your battle. You know, you got to know when, when you can move about. You got to know when you can do things in the earth that won't cause this person to be in a position where they can't fight you with the same weapon. You know, our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty, you know, to the pulling down of we don't fight against flesh and blood, but a lot of people still are fighting and struggling with flesh and blood. They have not moved past the place of verbal communication and physical communication. When you get into a spiritual place where you learn to battle spiritually, you learn to take authority and dominion quietly in humility where they're constantly talking. This is phenomenal because um, mountains generally in the Bible speak of governmental applications. When God's mountain is, of course, on top of all mountains on the face of the earth and anywhere else, to be able to be perched on the mountain and him wanting us to be walking and dwelling on mountaintops is a phenomenal statement in and of itself. If you're fighting principalities and powers, and if you're effective at that level, then it will have an effect down at the lower levels because those demons will not have the effect that they've been having if more of us were operating on mountaintop authority. And so that is where we need to be, legislatively speaking. This, this is phenomenal. I, I thank you so much for that insight. We're going to take a quick break. We have been talking about authority of the believer and Prophetess Collins has been speaking to us in the first segment about legislative authority, the authority from the highest dimensions, how we can be a part of that. She broke that down very clearly about our, what courts we can be in, how to apply in those courts, how to petition, how to get the most out of that, and how to release that here in the earth realm where we can be everything Christ anticipated us to be. We're going to take a break. When we'll come back, in just a moment.
And welcome back to Live 3.0. I am your host, Apostle J.E. Bowser. Our guest tonight, Prophetess Eleanor Collins from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Breath of Life Ministry. Uh, you can find us on our website, um, at bit.ly forward slash capital E as an echo for the number four TC. That's bit.ly forward slash E number four TC. Or you can find us on Facebook at uh, fb.me forward slash the number one capital S spirit capital R radio. Our topic today is the authority of the believer. Prophetess Collins, how can they contact you? Well, I'm at Breath of Life Ministries US at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook with Breath of Life Ministries. I'm on Facebook. It's Eleanor Collins. I have um, a program I have every Monday at 6 p.m. called Manifestation Monday. So you can always come on there and just give me a shout-out. Uh, I have a program coming up on this coming Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be doing a live with a gentleman out of Pakistan uh, with his church. Just send me a request on Facebook or just come and check us out on Facebook. My my page is public, not private. So you can come and check out any of my teachings or any of my programs. I'll be glad to have you. Amen. So the, the broadcast that you're getting ready to do with the, with the brother from Pakistan, uh, they would be able to get that on Facebook or on It's going to be way. Facebook Live. It's going to be at 1 o'clock on, unless the storm disrupts that, but uh, 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Yeah, because that does happen too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, as we get ready to come from legislative, legislative authority, and we're going to move into personal authority in this segment, I want to share something with you as a springboard, if you will, a word from the Lord that I got in a morning prayer. The Lord has said to me that I need my people to understand the responsibility of being my people. There is a purpose to life, and the destiny of each one exacts that purpose. You are not here just to be alive. You are here to live out my reality, the God-given kind of life, the Zoe life. Thus far, my people have not been my people. They have been so in name only, but not in application. In the personal position of authority, you first have to be a believer. You have to be saved. It would be good if you were filled with the Holy Spirit, as God does not force his spirit on anyone. But being filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues gives you power. So you need power to go along with that authority. Because sometimes when you find yourself in a position uh, of attack personally, you need to dig deep for that power. And speaking in tongues with the evidence of speaking in tongues would allow you to speak in a language and get, provide utterance and groanings that you know not of, but only God understands. That's when you run out of something to say or you get to a place where you're so downtrodden that you don't have any words, and the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf. So that is so important. Um, Romans 8 and 26 is, is so important for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, for you to have that uh, unction 
and, and that ability to take the authority with the power to handle situations. In personal authority, I, I looked at, we always talk about putting on the whole armor of God, the helmet of righteousness, I mean, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, girding our, our loins with the truth, and shodding our feet with the preparation of the gospel and having the sword of God in our hand. I thought about that, and I said, well, you know, God, if we're putting on the whole armor and we're truly believing what you say as an individual, what do we do about all those things we have no control over? You taught me about the generational guilt. I, I didn't understand that at first, but I'm going to do my best to try to explain that to you. Generational guilt is th- are things that plague your bloodline. Um, there are things that there have been no repentance for. There's iniquities that were passed down spiritually through familiar spirits and generationally. When that iniquity is passed down, it becomes a stronghold in your life. It becomes a yoke that can only be destroyed by the anointing and the power of God. In that, as an individual, you can be bound to a place where you're powerless and you don't even understand who you are so you really have no clue of the authority that you walk in. The first thing we have to do is get beyond those things that plague our bloodline by deliverance, meaning we take authority over everything that has plagued our bloodline. And I've learned this, this saying, and I, I, I plead the blood over things that I'm aware of and unaware of. And even the Word of God talks about being aware and unaware. So there are things that you are unaware of that are in your bloodline and, and on your mother and father's side that you never knew of. And you have to cut all those things off. And when you learn to cut all those things off and you repent and ask for forgiveness, then you cut all of that off of you. It's like a weight being lifted because all those things that you've been dragging around from birth, that's why you were born in sin. You were shaped in iniquity because those are things that were done prior to you even being conceived. And part of your makeup is what was on your father and on your mother, and you have to cut those things off. Some people still deal with things that they don't understand, um, their addictions, and these addictions are there and they're controlling individual lives because they didn't know that down on their father's side they had a grandfather or an uncle that was addicted, that, that made some kind of covenant with Satan. And, and this is part of what was placed on the bloodline because of the covenant relationship or the, the contract that they made together. You know, there are things that were done that we know not of. So we start there. Once we cut that off, once we get free of that, then we're able to go to Psalms 89 and 14. When we look at Psalms 89 and 14, it says, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy faith. When he says in Psalms 24, and he talks about 
having clean hands and a pure heart. You can't even come into that holy place except you have those clean hands and pure heart because you're, you're asking for access to something that you've never had before. To get into this place, you have to line up, and you have to not perfect, because none of us are perfect. We're all going to fall. We're all going to make mistakes. But when we line up, we can get into a position where God can shape and mold us to understand who we are. And then there are, there are traps of the enemy we won't so easily fall into. You know, we have both a flesh and a spirit. And the flesh is always battling the spirit. The flesh has to constantly be brought under subjection. It has to constantly be sacrificed on the altar because your spirit man has to come higher so that the wisdom and the equipping that God has placed in you can stand and guide and lead you in all truths. It's interesting that in Proverbs 18:21, where it says death and life is in the power of the tongue, and then in Revelation 12 and 11, it says that we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We can't get to a place of understanding the power that's in our tongue until we understand in our mind that the flesh has to die and the spirit has to have the authority over the flesh. That's a difficult place to get to because we live in a worldly place where flesh has a legal right to do quite a bit. And we fight against people daily um, in different situations, not physically fighting, but there's always something said or done that, that causes you um, to take a blow or a punch, you know, and, and you have to learn in all things not to always respond immediately because the flesh is always going to rise up to do something. When the flesh rises up, the flesh can get you out of position with God. And in order to get to that place, Luke ten nineteen says that he's given us power to trade over serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. And by no means shall anything harm us. When we know that nothing can harm us, that God is in complete control, then we understand the authority that we possess because it's, the, it's according to the power that worketh in us. My last scripture on this one is Romans 8 and 18. I love this scripture because it talks about what God has placed in us from conception. It's called glory. He said, for I reckon that the suffering at this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. There is a glory on the inside of each individual that is going to be revealed. Now, that glory is revealed when God recognizes himself in you. He sees himself. We've been waiting for glory clouds to form. When we open up our mouths and we praise God and we worship God, there's a glory that's released. And that is the forming. God will give us a mist. He'll give us an experience. He'll give us his presence. But there's a glory on the inside of us that he's waiting for it to be revealed that comes from knowing who you are, whose you are. And when you understand that, you can stand rightfully on your mountain 
and speak your authority and legislate it through, through decrees and through declarations. On a personal level with your family, your children, your job, your businesses, your ministry, and other family members, you should be the one that's that beacon of light that stands out. Because he said, come out from among them, be ye separate. He says, and do not touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He's telling you he sets you apart. And what he set apart, he's ordained for his glory. This is this is tremendous teaching. I thank God for it. Uh, I'm just I was just sitting here thinking while you were speaking that everything that you're saying to us tonight is a process of us reclaiming the Adamic mm. mandate. Yeah. And this was all intrinsic in Adam from the very beginning. This is what yes. brothers and sisters, this is what we lost. Yes. But we regained it at the cross. We regained it at resurrection time. We have resurrection power included with the impartation of the Holy Spirit within us. All of these mechanisms had to work in succession and in concert, one with the other, for us to begin to access what the woman of God is speaking to us tonight. But this is who you are, and what we are not being told in church frequently enough is who we are, what we have, and how to utilize what Christ has wrought for us. When we find a church that will feed the people of God this kind of information, empowering us and giving us proper direction, we will begin to see the emerging end-time church and a powerful group of believers who cannot be told there is not a God because they have already walked on the mountain, and have become overcomers in and through Christ Jesus. So what you're saying is extremely strategic. It is extremely important. I thank you so much for bringing these things out. We do have another segment. I can't wait to hear what the Spirit is going to say to you next, because I don't know where you're going to go with this next. This is just <laughs> tremendous. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Live 3.0 on E4TC Radio.
Welcome back to Live 3.0 Radio on E4TC Radio Network. We are here tonight talking with Prophetess Eleanor Collins of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Breath of Life Ministries, U.S., and um, we are talking about the authority of the believer. We are having a phenomenal time tonight, brothers and sisters, learning so much I'm hearing things for the first time myself, um, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Everybody doesn't know everything about everything concerning the spirituality. So it's okay if you're learning something new. I've been in this for a long time. I'm hearing some new things. I have some notes. When this is over, I'm diving in that pool because I want to be better at doing what I do for Christ Jesus. Amen? And I know that you do too. And we're going to let the woman of God finish us out this evening. I don't know what she's going to say next, but I know it's going to be powerful as everything else. Woman of God, you have taught us what we're to look for in the heavenly realm. You have taught us how to access the mountaintop. You have taught us how to conduct warfare from the mountaintop as it affects the valley areas of our lives or the valley areas of life in general, uh, how to uh, operate from spiritual governmental realms into natural uh, governmental realms. And you've also taught us that even on a personal level, we have the authority to move the mountains that are stumbling blocks and obstacles in our lives that hinder us from progressing in any category or dimension of our our individual and family lives so that we are supposed to live this life in Christ Jesus unobstructed and without any hindrance whatsoever. We should experience that. Is that not correct? That's correct. I'm going to give you this scripture. This is a very good word. It's Isaiah 2 and 3. It says, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. This is the position of government God designed his people to rule from. This is Isaiah 2 and 3. That's a powerful piece of scripture. That, that is the position that he's ordained for us. Yes. And, and these, are some, these are some things we can do immediately when we get off of here. We need to repent and renounce whatever role we played in something. We need to forgive, identify, and repent generationally. We need to understand soul gate, and we need to understand how we need to move against familiar spirits. We need to understand how, to, how our Spiritual gates get blocked, and we need to understand how we unblock them. Gates are access. In Psalm 24, he says, lift up your head, O ye gates, ye everlasting doors. You would think that that would, be, that would deal with um, the court of the ancient days. That's not the case at all. He's talking about the gates of access to your rightful position on your mountaintop. That's why he says, who can stand in this holy place? He that had clean hands and a pure heart. If your heart is pure, your hands are clean, you can stand on your mountaintop and legislate. You can stand on your mountaintop and decree a thing and it shall be. 
You can stand on your mountaintop and declare a thing, and it shall manifest. This is a place of positioning so that you will know who you are, but you've come according to protocol. Because God is such a God of order. Everything is done based on an orderly fashion. There is protocol to everything that God does. That's why we have three choirs in heaven. These choirs have three, three sets of angels in each choir. These are things that we haven't been exposed to because some things in the Bible, the Catholic Church took out. They have fast to it themselves, the apostolic creed, these three choirs. These are things that Catholics learn, but they were not part of the King James Bible. They were not, they were not mentioned. They, they were not inclusive. We yes. have so many religions that they, are, they have tried to water down the word of God. The meat is King James. But you need to look back in the very beginning. This is the reason why we stumble. We stumble at words like atheist. Or, or, or atheism, we stumble, and I don't understand why we stumble, because clearly we have B.C. that the whole world recognizes, 500 B.C. before Christ, 900 A.D. after death. How can you not believe in something that the whole world recognizes just by chronology of time? The chronological order of time is based on the life of Jesus Christ. We let simple things like that get us so easily moved. You know who you are because he died. He got up with all power in his hand. For you to have a rightful position to come boldly before the throne of grace and to petition God. And if you don't go to that court, you can go to the throne of grace. You can go to the court of the accusers. You can go to the court of ancient days. You can go to the, the court of petition. You can go to the court of reconciliation. There's, there's six courts. And then those courts have, uh, there's a court of counsel in the middle. And this court of counsel has a court of judges, the court of 70s, the court of kings, the court of the upright. These are the men in the white linen. The court of chancellors. This is your administration of protocol of all judicial systems. Then you have the court of the scribes. This is where the records of everything that you do are kept. That's why there's a book of life. There's a court of scribes. They write down everything you do. That's why life and death is in the power of the tongue. The things that you say, they're, they're powerful. That's why you have to be careful about what comes out of your mouth. Then there, there's a court of war. That's where strategy, that's the council of war. They actually sit down and strategize the war. Then you have the court of angels. This is where authorization and mandates for actions take place. And then you have your mountain. It's where all governmental realms, this is where we release legislation into the earth to cancel contracts of the enemy made against us. When you know who you are on a personal level, that allows you to grow on a spiritual level. As you yep. grow on a spiritual level, then you start to move into your authoritative and your dominion and your power realms and dimensions where you grab your mountain and then you're able to speak from it. We have too many people wanting titles and positions and no power. 
We have too many people wanting to be equal to other people, and they've never walked in their shoes. We people want titles, and they want positions, and they haven't been battle-tested. And battle-tested is not your emotions. It's not. Battle-tested is not not being able to pay a bill. It's not battle-tested. Battle-tested is you know if God does not do it. You're at your wit's end. Battle-tested is five or six battles going on at the same time, and only God is keeping your mind and your spirit because your flesh is losing it. This is a time when we have to stop being in the church and be the church. Because that makes all the difference in the world. And everything that you just said, all of these different spiritual entities and categories, courts, angels, all of these um, heavenly uh, applications are available to make you and I, brothers and sisters, what we can be and should be in and through Christ Jesus. And mind you, the woman of God has not yet tapped into the new creature of revelation. That, that, yeah. that's, 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 another, that's another category. This is getting you to the new creature category. There is so much. There is a lot involved in our faith. Yes, Jesus came to die on the Calvary's cross for our behalf. Yes, his blood purifies and cleanses and even repels demons and, and all kinds of uh, evil from our hearts, from our doors, from our family, off our finances. The blood of Jesus is powerful. Yes, he rose after three days of lying in the grave with all power in his hand. There is no denying that he was resurrected. It has been well documented by uh, saints and by a journalist of the time like Josephus. Uh, yes, the Holy Spirit did come in at the time of Pentecost, and yet even all of that is just a setup for everything the woman of God was saying to us today, and that still has not yet crossed over into the new creature revelations. But it is so powerful, you don't have to live defeated as a Christian. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Our God is so faithful that he will see you through it. As my wife used to preach some years ago, woman, woman of God, she said, what happens is you're going through enough things in life, and then you begin to realize that God has always been there to see you through it. And you turn around and you begin to see that you have a history with God. And once you have that history, you begin to understand with power. You begin to walk knowing nothing can stop you now because God has always been with you. And that is an extremely powerful way to live your life. Jesus, my God. My Having God. a history with God. And what you're saying to us tonight connects the history with God with the revelation of the Lord. Now we have something to tie our shoes with. We can walk the burning sands. We can fight the warfare. We can stand up. Be quiet because we're now able, uh, thanks to the Holy Spirit that came through you, prophetess, to be able to access something that we have not been accessing before and partly because we were never told. Um, you know, we just were never told. There's also some places in, in heaven we can exchange, a place of exchanging where we can move from one level to another. There's a lot of things going on, but they're all for our betterment. I'm just in awe of what you're saying tonight because you have really raised the bar of authority 
uh, to my understanding, and I'm sure for clarity to everybody that's listening and everybody that will listen to the uh, recorded version of this, it's just amazing. It's just amazing what God has in store for us. I think that God is, is trying to get us to come higher in him so that we don't get so easily beset by little things. You can never fight on a level of principalities regionally or nationally or, you know, take on principalities over nations if you're still fighting them. If you're still going to bicker with your brother and sister in church or your brother and sister on the job or your neighbor, you're not ready for a principality. A principality requires you to be beyond that stage. You have to go beyond the little small foxes. Small foxes come to keep the shackles on your feet so that you can't really soar like the eagle that you really are. Well, that was powerful, yes. And we have to recognize those foxes. Yep. His devices, they're not, they're not new. Everything he does is the same old thing. He doesn't do anything new. He just catches us at different times in our life, and he does the same thing that he's done before. Same thing, same, same warfare, same tools, same weapons, and ours are mighty. They're not carnal. They're mighty. Amen. The tearing down of strongholds. Yep. And the stronghold happens when we're distracted, which is a device of the enemy, it, uh, when we're unaware, when we're asleep, because while men sleep, an enemy so tears. But, brothers and sisters, I want you to be encouraged. Even if you have faced certain calamities in your life, here is something I want you to always remember, even as you're listening to the voice of the of prophetess and myself, you're still here. And yes. that has to count for something. Look yes. back and see your history. Look back and listen to what the woman of God is saying to you right now, that you can access things, and we're going to ask her before she, she leaves to lead us into a prayer, positioning us to operate in divine authority and accessing the things that she spoke about. Again, there's a playback on this. You can come to my website. You can come back and listen to what she says because she said so much. The Spirit released so much information. And I'm glad he did because we can access that information to access and unlock. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We can use the keys that have been given to us to unlock these doors that access us to the courts of heaven and release the authority and the power and position us on top of mountains that we would be able to legislate according to the will and the purpose of God for our lives and in this earth realm for such a time as this. Prophetess Collins, I'm, I'm pretty sure that there is more in you concerning this particular topic. Is it at all possible that we can get you to come back at some point in time? I know that you have quite a schedule. I'm ready. This is, this is a good teaching. I learned a lot myself during this, this study. This was a good study. I'm Believe me, I'm ready. Whatever you want me to come back, I'm back. I so appreciate it. We will uh, certainly make um, arrangements for a part two of this. This was so good. I hope that you, brothers and sisters, have feeling the same way. So we will try our best to get the woman of God to come back. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Life 3.0. 
She is Prophetess Eleanor Collins. I am Apostle J.E. Bowser. We're going to ask if she would lead us in a prayer to position us to operate in divine authority and to be able to access these points that she has so eloquently showed us and revealed to us. I want to say one more thing before I turn it over to her. Now that you have heard this, there is a level of responsibility on your behalf. You are here to listen to this for a reason. You're going to be part of the next move of God, and he needs you equipped. You're here for that purpose. So be encouraged. We're all going to get on that same boat at the same time, and we're all going to be warriors and have a lot of equality going on here as far as fighting the foe and the enemy of God. So be encouraged, listen attentively, and access these things that he has for you. Woman of God. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we repent right now, God. We repent of things we know of and we know not of, God. We ask that you forgive us this day, God. Father, we call on God. The heavens and the earth to conspire together, God. To bless your people, God. Father, we stand in our rightful positions today, God. Taking authority and dominion, God. Over every serpent, God. Over every python spirit, God. Over every leviathan spirit, God. That comes to hinder, God. And to stop our rightful authority, God. God, we ask that you release it to us today, God. Release our mountains to us today, God. So that we may stand in a rightful place, God. And decree and declare, God. To legislate enactments, God. Of laws, God. To repeal and replace, God. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let us amend anything, God, that has been that the accuser has has made against us, God. Let us, God, pull down every accusation, God, that is made by Satan, God. Let us stand in our rightful position, God, in prayer, God, in supplication, God, knowing that you are God, knowing that you are a righteous judge. And God, as we stand, God, in the courtrooms of heaven today, God, we ask, God, that you turn it in our favor, God. We ask that you turn it in our favor for our family, God. We ask that you turn our finances in our favor, God. We ask that you turn every situation, God, concerning our children, God, in our favor, God. We ask that you turn, God, every situation, God, concerning our health, God. You said, God, in your word, God, that you were bruised, God, for our iniquities and our transgressions, God. You said a chastisement of your peace, God, was upon you, God. And you said, by your stripes, God, we are healed, God. We stand on our mountain, God, declaring healing, God. We stand on our mountain, God, declaring restoration, God. We stand on our mountain, God, declaring unity, God. We stand on our mountain, God, for the hearts of the men and women of God, Lord, in the churches, God, to turn their hearts back to you, God. We stand on our mountaintop, God. We legislate evangelism, God. Let us go into the streets, God. Let us go into the world, God. 
and preach the gospel, God. Uncompromised, God. Always giving you glory, God. In the name of Jesus, God. We plead the blood, God. Over everything, God. That pertains to our life, God. We cut off, God. Everything in our bloodline, God. Every generation, God. We cut it off, God. Things that we are aware of, God. And unaware of, God. We plead the blood of Jesus, God. We plead the blood against anything, God. That would hinder our children. And our children's children, God. God, we ask this day, God. That you, God. That you create God top, a legacy God top, and our children's children God top, that cannot be cut off God top, by the enemy God top, but in all things God top, it will glorify you God top, in the name of Jesus God top. we give you glory top, we give you praise top, we give you honor God top. in Jesus name I pray amen 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 thank you so much woman of God for pouring out and we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will be refreshed and renewed in your spirit for all that you have poured out to us tonight, that you would, there would be a renewing in your body and your spirit and your soul, that you would be able to be restored and restful throughout the rest of the evening, for you have truly blessed us all, and we believe by faith that the Lord is more than pleased. Thank you so much for pouring out to us tonight. We look forward to part two of this. Thank you for being willing to do that as well. I thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening on tonight. My name is Apostle J.E. Bowser. This is Life 3.0 on E4TC Radio. Until next time, we pray that you will be blessed and prosperous in the name of Jesus. Don't forget to listen in again for our next broadcast. God bless you and be safe in Jesus' name. Thank you again, woman of God. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good night, one and all. E, E, boy, boy, boy.